0: Welcome back to the Learn Perform Pod. I'm Laura Pasquini. I'm your host, studying, preparing, and examining what it means to get through the knowledge exam for the CPLP, the Certified Professional in Learning and Performance. These are my study notes. I'm working out loud. Hopefully, you got a chance to download the CPLP Certification Handbook 2019. It's a free PDF guide. I'll put a link into the show notes if you haven't. If you scroll down to pages 40 to 44, this is going to give you the outline for the content knowledge exam. Also in the handbook, it gives you helpful things to expect on the day of the exam, uh, what to bring, what to prepare. So the knowledge exam, the full knowledge exam is what I've signed up. It's 180 minutes or three hours where you'll sit in a testing center and answer the questions and they're from the different knowledge areas. So this episode is just to cover what's exactly in the knowledge exam. Once again, you can find this on page 40 to 44 in that free CPLP 2019 handbook is what I'm referring to. There are three large parts of the knowledge exam, which you could choose as one of your um, content areas or featured areas that you'll study for. And that doesn't mean you do not have to study for all of the components of the knowledge exam. But these areas of expertise, these first three are weighted heavier in the exam. They're weighted between 13 to 14% of the exam. So you're going to see more questions. Those three areas are performance improvement, instructional design, Training delivery. And those are the three that you can also choose from if you're going to pick an area of focus in the skills applied exam later. Before you get to the second exam, you have to pass successfully this knowledge exam. So I'm going to go through the different component areas. And first three are the performance improvement. So applying a systematic process of discovering and analyzing human performance gaps. So this is planning for future improvements in human performance, design, developing solutions to close those gaps of performance, partnering with customers to identify an opportunity for the solution and implementing the solutions, monitoring the change and evaluating the results. So in this section, there are areas of systems thinking and theory, the performance improvement process, analyzing, so this might be analyzing gaps of performance and need. This is also change management theory, facilitation methods, project management tools and techniques, and different communication tools and techniques, so how you might adapt to a different audience and a variety of channels or platforms. It involves also group dynamics and how to evaluate the performance improvement solution. So that's the first area of expertise, or they call the AOE. The second one is also way the same, instructional design. And this is designing, creating, developing informal and formal learning solutions to meet any organization's needs. So you're gonna select the most appropriate strategy, methods, technologies to maximize that learning experience and impact. Things they look at in this area would be learning solutions that drive business strategy or needs of an organization. They'll be looking at needs assessments and approaches the different research methods, including how you scan, gather data, and analyze. Uh, there's also an area of content knowledge or techniques. So these might the, be the pedagogical factors from, and then how you'd elicit this kind of content from a subject matter expert. Learning theories, there's a few of them in this section, and instructional design theory and process. Various instructional methods. So they talk about everything from exercise, assessments, activities, discussion, and self-directed learning, and then different ways to deliver, and this might be through media. It could be on mobile, online, class, blended, hybrid approaches, or multimedia. You also want to look at the emerging technologies and support systems. So whether it's collaborative software, learning management systems, course authoring tools, social media, and they'll look at different learning modalities. So um, around visual, auditory, kinesthetics, so the multimodal approaches, assessment of methods, and this might be exams, performance, hands-on, multiple choice, and open-ended responses. Finally, the last section and the last knowledge area in this area of expertise for instructional design is the legal and ethical issues related to instructional design, including accessibility and intellectual property. The third area of expertise is training, and this is also weighted the same with instructional design and performance improvement. I had a hard time deciding between this and instructional design because the two areas I've been teaching in the last five years have been both. So I actually have equal knowledge. So I decided instructional design, but this is also another area of interest in mine. So I feel really comfortable. Training delivery looks at delivering learning solutions in a manner that both engages the learner and produces desired outcomes. So this might be managing responses to the learner needs, making sure that your learners are... Um, things are made available for them to learn in different platforms and delivered in a timely manner that's also effective. This section has for training delivery has learning theories, also has instructional methods like before. Um there's also an area of how to build informal learning and building learning communities so leveraging platforms to create personal learning networks. This also includes looking at media and modes. So mobile online blended classroom experiences for training and any technologies that are related. So you can see how close um, some of these sections uh, are very similar. So instructional design does match training. It's just how it's presented in different areas. In train delivery, they look at the modalities, the multimodal approach, as well as the different organizational or cultural differences. So this might be around learning preference, communication, and kind of behaviors that you might see in a classroom or in a training setting. The personal learning and teaching preferences that are preferred, so lecture, informal, workshops, things like that. And training looks at delivery, looks at familiarity with content being taught and how solutions are addressed. So the context for the training need. Finally, there is also a legal and ethical uh, setting for train delivery and obtaining permission for use of materials and giving credit where that's appropriate. So those are the first three areas of expertise and just a little bit more about them. Um, Diving into the other sections, I'm just going to skim over a few of them. But number four is the learning technologies. This is weighted between 11 to 12% of the exam. So in this area, you're going to identify, select, and implement and leverage different learning technologies. Uh, look at adapting and applying appropriate technologies to the learning opportunity or challenge. So this goes into looking at media, software solutions, technology support, as well as knowledge management and ways and techniques that you might engage. The pedagogical part, social learning and how you apply those technologies. Area five of expertise looks at evaluating learning impact. This is weighted the same as learning technologies, the 11 to 12% of the exam component that you might be tested on. So in this section, you're gonna gather, organize, and analyze information regarding the impact of learning solutions against the key business drivers and the needs of those organizations. So presenting information in a way that is meaningful to the organization and using learning metrics to analyze and inform the organizational decision-making. So this section looks at evaluation terms of statistical methods, evaluation design, analysis of those methods, so looking at the cost-benefit and return on investment, and also looking at la- learning analytics within systems and platforms. Um, Again, for evaluation five, evaluating learning impact, you're going to interpret and report the data. You're going to look at design of uh, the methodology and how you classify the evaluation of the program, a system, or the organization, both as an organization and maybe at the individual level. So that was area five. Area of expertise six is managing learning platforms. This is weighted a little less, eight to nine percent of the exam. This might be providing leadership to execute the organization's strategy, planning, monitoring, and adjusting the learning and development for projects or activities. This area is interesting. It's the only one that has two kind of se- subsections. They're called strategic knowledge area and tactical knowledge area. Sounds a bit military to me, but we'll dive into what those are. Strategic looks at the organization's business model driver, maybe the competition within an industry that you're training and learning with. So existing technologies, looking at the market resources and comparing what that might be to measure against uh, things that are needed within the industry. Principles of management leadership come in here and s- how human resource systems integrate with this workforce planning performance and employee development. You're going to look at external systems that impact and affect organizational performance. So this could be things to do with the society, politics, religion, cultural context, and other global factors. And finally, you have a legal, regulatory, and ethical requirements, how you manage those platforms. So that's the strategy part of the knowledge area. The tactical part of the knowledge area looks at learning development projects being administered within the organization and how that comes into budgeting, accounting, financial management, management and project planning and management tools and processes. So communication tools and techniques are also part. So it's more of the logistical side of things. Area of expertise seven is integrated talent management. This is weighted the same as the previous one, eight to 9% of the exam. So looking at integrated talent management, you're going to think about building the organization's culture, engagement, capability, and capacity through the implementation and integration of talent acquisition. Employee development is really key, retention is also important, and how you deploy that engagement and learning to ensure that these processes are aligned to the organization's goals, visions, missions. So you're looking at a talent management system, what the key components are, how they both recruit, acquire, and retain. You're looking at the job analysis, the current capabilities, and how you'd estimate or model for future needs within your organization. This section in integrated talent management also involves career development theories and approaches, individual and organizational assessment tools for that, talent management analytics to see what they're doing in performance, and new and emerging management software solutions that help to maximize um, what they're doing and understand if they're also maximizing workplace diversity, equity, inclusion, and dealing with any ethical issues related to integrating talent management processes, systems, and ideas. The eighth area of expertise is coaching. It's weighted, between 8 and 9% like those of above. And there's only two sections in this, but coaching does refer to the International Coaching Federation, ICF, and they refer to these two key components. So using all interactive processes to help individuals develop rapidly and produce results. So improving others' abilities to set goals, take action, make better decisions, and make full use of their natural strengths. So Two areas are core coaching competencies they look at, and the ethical guidelines standards of conducting uh, coaching-related practices. The next area of the exam is number nine. Area of expertise is knowledge management. This is weighted between five to six percent of the exam total. Knowledge management involves capturing, distributing, archiving intellectual capital in a way that encourages both sharing and collaboration in the. Uh, organization with this knowledge so there's different concepts philosophies and theories knowledge management has best practices mapping techniques and technologies that might help to encourage informal learning and knowledge sharing this includes things like collaborative workspaces mobile technologies um, social learning techniques and technologies things like that there is also an goal to have primary business processes to support how that knowledge is exchanged, both at the organizational level, how the structures and systems and local culture um, spread that knowledge around. Knowledge management also focuses on the business process analysis and, and wants to understand how the systems are reviewed, analyzed, and designed. So that's knowledge management. The last area of expertise is change management, and that's weighted between Eight to nine percent of the exam. Change management is specifically applied to structures and approaches to shift individuals, teams, and organizations from current states of performance to a desired state of change. The systems thinking and open systems theory are really important in this, specifically, how open systems are influenced by the external environment. There are many theories in this section, so you're gonna look at chaos and complexity theory, action research theory, appreciative inquiry theory. Organizational systems and cultures is also really important, so they look at political dynamics within organizational settings. Uh, They're gonna look at change theory and change models and process thinking and design. For change management, they also want you to know the communication techniques and tools, how to engage in practices to build that critical mass, and considerations for diversity and inclusion. So this might be managing differences and resolving conflict. Motivation theories are brought into here. So this section has no shortage of theories. So they look at everything from empowerment to rewards, and just the mindset and mental models that influence behavior and performance. So this is a big section, um, weighted 8 to 9%, but there's a lot in change management. Finally, there's the foundational competency, uh, number 11, not part of the areas of expertise, but built to understand and how you wave it through. So the foundational competency is the global mindset, having an openness and awareness of cultural differences. So working across borders effectively and cultures. So looking at uh, global cultural theories, uh, your own self-awareness and how you assess Ah, uh, cultural situations. The cross-cultural um, dynamics and communication play into this section, as well as identifying different differences and similarities in cultures and what that might mean specifically in a global cultural setting for different dimensions of learning. So, those are the areas of expertise in a nutshell, and this is what's going to be on the exam and what I'm going to break down. My goal is for each one of these study note podcasts, I'm going to break down um, probably a few for each one. So for example, performance improvement has 10. I'm not going to cover everything in one shot because that's a long, really long podcast, but I'm going to cover one or two ideas or theories and go through my study notes. Um, if you haven't listened to the first few episodes, I talked a little bit about deciding if you are ready, eligible, and how I might how I might study, and you might join me for studying for the CPLP exam if you're interested. I'll put a link to uh, where you can find this handbook and you can download yourself. And uh, if you're interested and you're studying for this as well, let me know, reach out and we'll have a conversation. And I'd love for you to talk with me on or off the pod and we can have more conversations about how you're studying learning and performance. Until my next sit down session, uh, there's a little bit of content outlined for the knowledge exam. I hope you've enjoyed it.